0: Hello, everyone. Joshua Gilliland here, one of the founding attorneys of The Legal Geeks. With me to discuss the Clone Wars is Thomas Harper and Stephen Tollefield, Gentlemen, how you both doing?
1: Great, thanks. How are you?
0: We're good. Thomas, how's life in uh, the basement in quarantine?
2: My hair is slowly getting way beyond Army regulations, but, you know, desperate times call for def- desperate measures.
0: I gave myself a haircut Sunday. I got clippers at Rite Aid and managed to not take off an ear or eyebrow. So I'm pretty, pretty happy that uh, I did not have an ER visit afterwards.
2: So, yes. That's that's the kind of initiative that the Army likes. Call that a barracks haircut.
1: Yeah. And the listeners can't see you, but uh, I have to say you look pretty dapper. Nice job. That's
2: right. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Well, you got the raw material to work with. You know, it's, it's a lot easier.
2: Yeah. Um, you can't see the back, though. I, we haven't <laughs> right. seen the whole picture, so.
0: <laughs> that was hard. That was super hard, and that was some of the high-risk maneuvers. You know, you put on the number four guard because normally I'm a number three guy, and then just tried it up the back because I felt leaving a little would be okay. You throw in the two cowlicks in the back. Yeah, it could have been a huge disaster, So, but but none of that is important right now. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> dangerous debt and all the weird questions that come in into play with, are the Pikes a government or is this just mob rule in a really bad way where the mob becomes the government? Now, first up, we find out a lot more about Trace and Rafa's parents, that they died when uh, the Zero the Hut was uh, uh, escaped from prison with the help of Cad Bane and and that uh, their parents were collateral damage when a ship crashed in to their apartment complex. So let's let's talk about uh, their death and any possible legal action that can happen against the Jedi. Yeah, I I thought
2: this was one of the most poignant scenes so far in the entire series. I've read some stuff that's knocked uh, this arc in particular as being some sort of uh, missed opportunity for the Clone Wars. Um, And and my take on it was just wait. And this was the moment, that just wait moment where it brought it back around and connected it. And the first thing that jumped out, uh, you hear Trace and Rafa describe this horrific situation where they're with their parents' as uh, uh, young women And the Jedi are chasing after Zero the Hutt, who's been broken out of prison there on Coruscant by Cad Bane. And in the course of this uh, this chase, uh, a ship is uh, destroyed, wrecks into their apartment or their house there in Coruscant. And their parents are able to save the girls, but they tragically perish in it. And the first question that came to my mind was, the the, trace and Rafa clearly are are left without much here. Uh, I mean, they inherit uh, what looks to be a little bit, and we discussed that in the last episode, but what action could they take against the Jedi order against the Republic? And um, you know, very quickly when you think about a a, a potential lawsuit against the governmental entity um, like the Republic, that's probably going to be barred by sovereign immunity. I mean, that's, Going to be like playing tennis against the wall. There are certain uh, provisions uh, in U.S. law that that do allow for for certain claims to be made. Uh, a good example of that is the Foreign Claims Act, which provides under certain really specific circumstances for uh, a claimant who's who's not in a uh, who's in a foreign country, so they can't be in the United States to make a claim against the U.S. government for uh, destruction of personal property uh, personal injury death that sort of thing it's capped the claim is capped at a hundred thousand dollars um but here the the foreign claims act wouldn't apply they're on coruscant it's the seat of power we're not talking about a planet like obadiah that we'll get to uh in a minute uh, the home of the pikes foreign claims act is is not going to be triggered here uh and so what you're left with, I, I think, is a situation where they're either bringing a lawsuit against the Jedi Order, potentially for negligence or, or something like that, uh, some sort of tort claim. Uh, the theory being that the Jedi Order, while maybe quasi-governmental, uh, are not an entity of the – they're not a strict governmental entity. They shouldn't be afforded uh, sovereign immunity um, simply by virtue of their, their peacekeeper status or their warfighter status. And you make the argument that they're like a church in the United States. I mean, you see the the uh, Catholic church is a great example in, in this modern age we live in where the church is being sued and has been sued, uh, for years over various things uh, you know, most prominently being the, the abuse scandal, uh, going back to 2002. And so you make the argument that the, uh, because of that status as a private entity that that clearly is not governed by the Republic, they're open to a suit there. Uh, another alternative and and this is sort of a quirk in, uh, strictly military law would be whether, uh, the children would get some sort of condolence payments from the Jedi order or from the Republic. And you see these sort of things quite often, although they're they're not really uh, written extensively about or, or talked about, uh, The the military in combat situations um, or in certain other situations uh, has authority to, to, and and often uh, exercises authority to grant or pay out uh, condolence payments. A lot of times these are called salacia payments. So a combat action happens uh, the one that jumps immediately to mind is is in 2015 in the, the Kunduz province in northern Afghanistan. Uh, it was big news that a, a hospital there got hit by a, a massive gunship strike. It was just a horrible, horrible event. Uh, um, yeah, that's an episode for another day. But in any event, there were a lot of uh, civilians who were either killed or injured. And many, many Salacia payments were made to those individuals. It's not to grant that or to, to get a release of liability or it's not a settlement payment or anything like that. Like we might think about in uh, domestic civil law, it's strictly a, a cultural thing. There, there's no uh, requirement that a military commander pay it. Um, but it's, it's oftentimes used as a tool by the commander to try to uh, uh, You know, achieve an objective and most often that is to to make amends for a mistake or make amends for something like this. And we know, based on what Trace and Rafa said that the Jedi Order, it sounded like it might have been either uh, Master Luminara or Barris that that visited them. They did make a visit back to the children and and basically just said, may the force be with you or the force will protect you, something like that. That would be a situation where the Jedi might want to consider making a condolence payment to the the children or or setting up uh, some sort of fund for them to to make amends. That would be a perfect uh, situation for a Salacia payment to be made. And quite frankly, I think it was a mistake in this instance that they didn't.
1: Yeah, that may the force be with you seems like kind of cold comfort for a situation yeah, no like kidding. that. That's kind of, that's intense. You know, the other thing that occurred to me yeah, too- Yeah, that's
0: right. If they were saying uh, Jedi oh, sorry,
1: thoughts. Jedi thoughts and prayers. No, go
0: on, Stephen. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, I was just going to say- Yeah, um,
0: like thoughts and prayers.
1: Oh gosh, yeah. The other thing that occurred to me was that if the Jedi are more like law enforcement, then there, went, there might be some sort of like 1983 uh, uh uh, ability to sue for the deprivation of, of due process, but I, I looked into it a little bit, and um, it seems like the officers, if they were officers, their qualified immunity would would protect them from mm-hmm. from having to um, to pay for any damages because I, I there's a Supreme Court case from 1998 called. Um, Uh, county of sacramento versus lewis and it's all before like saucier and pearson versus callahan so the qualified immunity question has gotten kind of muddled since then but in that case they at the supreme court found that that um the injury or the death of a bystander after a high-speed police pursuit um was not entitled to 1983 recovery where the police officers didn't intend to kind of hurt the the, um, the target of that high-speed pursuit. So it seems like even in that case, um, where there's some qualified immunity for government officials, they might not have much of a remedy either. So I, again, may the force be with you.
0: Yeah, I just, I'm so messed up. <laughs> just to say that and then go, yeah, good luck, kids. Uh, have a good life. It's, it's like, screw you. <laughs> you know, just seriously, that's you know, like going after the Jedi temple, because again, we get this weird issue of law enforcement versus not. But you think of if there's a high speed chase and there's collateral damage that takes out a family, the local government's going to be on the hook for that. They're not going to just walk it off and not pay out any money to the new orphans that were created by this. One, it's a bad public policy. Two, it's de- corrosive on morale when you go like, "Oh yeah, we we, you know, we're not afraid to let parents get killed, and we're supposed to be the good guys that sp- are supposed to protect people, and then leave the kids out to suffer." Really, not the poster child image that you, that you want. So, the the fact that you know they, the kids were basically told thoughts and prayers, uh was the polite way of saying we're not going to do anything to help you. And that's just messed up.
1: Not a good look for the Jedi there.
0: Nope. And it's just like fork out some cash, you know, make some calls. There should be like some social programs to ensure the kids don't fall into poverty, especially if they were minors. So if they were already minors and they should have been at least wards of the state in some way placed into foster care which goes to the larger issue on curason if that if your parents get killed you're on your own that's not a good civil society that's how revolutions start if you're just leaving people to die so yeah really does not make them look good or and grossly for for supposing to have compassion and empathy, they demonstrated a lack of it. Good times, good times. Uh, on that feel-good subject, let's talk about the mob. And uh, you know, we, we get kind of the quintessential you know women in prison episode now, where uh, our heroes are in prison and they're being tortured for the sake of being tortured. Uh, it doesn't even look like Rafa was asked any questions. They just went to town on
1: her. And Star Wars just loves those torture droids, don't they? They just cannot get enough of those, like, reclining torture table things. <laughs> I just saw an episode of Resistance at the end of season two that used them, too. They're just everywhere.
0: It raises the question of, is there a business making torture droids? Is that a software upgrade that you can get so any droid could be up? To torture, or it's a good
2: investment in the galaxy far, far away, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) So, but this raises the question: are the what society is the Pikes in? Do they have their own government? Are they acting as a government? Because our heroes are imprisoned, so normally that would mean if you're arrested you do have rights. You have the right to counsel, there, there should be a you know, writ of habeas corpus, you should be able to appear before a magistrate. They skipped all of that. Now, where things get a little weird is, on one level, they did commit a crime, fraud, in trying to pass off empty cargo containers in order to get like 30,000 credits that they were going to then run off with. Now, the contract is by no way uh, valid because it goes against public policy. So you can't enforce a legal contract. So there's, there's a problem there, but putting that aside, like technically what they did is fraud. But if they're being tortured and put in prison for breach of contract, we don't do that. That's not how the law works. There's no crime for breach of contract
1: yeah, the whole like debtors' prison concept is so Dickensian. <laughs> like, if someone's just <laughs> unable to make good on a contract, you throw them in jail. It's a, I mean, are the bankruptcy laws have sort of taken care of that? We don't, we don't really imprison people for being unable to pay their debts, like they seem to be doing on uh, Obadiah there.
0: Yeah, but it's not just throw them in prison; it's torture them, and torture that crap out of them yeah. at the same time.
2: That's it seems excessive. Level- that's the little-known spice exception. That when spice is missing, all bets are off. Torture is allowed with your creepy, half-broken, hobbling torture droid. I the the thing is, so Obadiah sits in the Outer Rim territories, which uh, you know, whether it's Tatooine or uh, you know, you you pick your planet uh, out in that region. Traditionally in Star Wars, those that entire area has been sort of the outlands of the galaxy, uh, beyond the reach of the Republic, uh, beyond the reach, uh, arguably, of the Empire, uh, maybe beyond the care of the Empire, uh, when, when you get forward a little forward in time. Um, what we've seen from Obadiah and other Clone Wars episodes makes it pretty clear that the Pikes, I think, are, are more a... a organized crime entity than anything i think they they maybe be they have a quasi-governmental entity because they have a leader i don't know if, that he's elected at all so much as uh seizes power when his uh, predecessor dies some horrible death <laughs> gets ejected into to space uh while traveling through hyperspace uh but you see in some of the episodes where darth maul is setting up his shadow collective that They really don't have any authority, but they've got sort of the market cornered on spice trade. And so they found and carved their little niche in this area of the galaxy. And so while they have, uh, you know, resources and uh, sort of enough muscle to to have some influence, um, you know, they're largely sort of left alone. They don't have any strict governmental authority And if we talked about this before about the reach of the Jedi and the reach of the Republic, Um, you know, given the business of spice overall and and sort of the other things that are going on in the galaxy around this time, uh, does the Republic really have the resources? Do the Jedi have the resources to dedicate to trying to stamp out a criminal organization that in their eyes is probably going to be like a Hydra and just spring up somewhere else, uh, elsewhere in the, the outer rim?
0: Yeah, thoughtful, factual analysis of what what these guys are. So it does. If they're a government, civil rights there suck. If they're the mob, they're doing what mobsters do. But the fact that these mobsters built a prison, big red flag that <laughs> they kind of are running the show at this point in time and are acting like a government. That's the type of place you don't want to live in.
1: They certainly seem to be providing law enforcement. What, what the law is, is sort of up in the air. <laughs> it's whatever they say it is, apparently.
0: It's bully law of this is what I want, give it to me. And they, they, they're they clearly acting uh, on kind of a vile interpretation of like society from... Uh, we have to kill you to make an example out of you. And while there are those who believe that law enforcement can have a sense of revenge, I don't agree with that, but that's the idea of putting people in prison that the family feels good because the bad guys are gone away. So it's, it's about making them feel good. And again, that's not by no means the majority view, but there are people who think that. This is you know, the godfather of you broke a deal, so you die. That way others don't do that. It's the type of stuff that Stalin did of, you know, let's wipe out 20 million farmers because they had the audacity to, you know, not do what I want. So they kind of suck. And they're not opposed to torture. And torture under California is every person who with the intent to cause cruel or extreme pain and suffering for the purpose of revenge, extortion, persuasion, or any sadistic perfect purpose inflicts great bodily injury as defined in section 12022.7 upon the person of another is guilty of torture.
2: Yeah. He almost checks the
1: boxes there. That's,
2: uh, that's pretty, <laughs> like pretty All of them by the book and definition. That, and that droid does it with such flair. That, that that motion that where he's clacking his hands together just made my skin crawl. I do not um, like
1: that. I could do without yeah. that. That's really scary.
2: <laughs> One thought quickly that came to mind as a distinction. We don't know a lot about the organization, but... Uh, there's a group called the Mining Guild, or a collective called the Mining Guild, that I would use as sort of a foil to uh, to the Pikes here, the the, the Pike Syndicate specifically. Um, we see a little bit of the Mining Guild, maybe a little bit more of the Mining Guild in the Rebel series. Uh, there's that episode where they discover Pergils for the first time, and you see their Tie Fighters that are kind of painted yellow, and they're missing one of the solar panels on the front uh, on the front end. And by all accounts, the, the mining guild, they're, they're also operating that, or uh, assisting in operating that facility on Castle, the, the spice mining operation that you see in Solo. Um, they almost operate with either tacit or outright approval from at least the imperial government at that point in time of, of rebels and, and Solo, uh, where they've got some extension of governmental authority to carry on their operations maybe that you know it it might be that the imperial uh government is looking the other way as to some of the aspects of their their operation uh you know hey we take the bad with the good uh but clearly i think that that's a a good distinguishing point within this outer rim region because certainly there are organizations like that that uh that have some sort of connection to the government even if it's not right you know an outright governmental authority like a a regional governor like Tarkin or something like that
0: yeah whenever you say guild I think um Wizard of Oz and the Lollipop Guild so it just (laughs) I I hear songs every time it's we represent the mining guild yeah I just it's that's what comes to mind but I'm just a little peculiar that way (laughs) um now let's uh so we get prison break. And this is interesting to think about because if the pikes are just a mob and they have imprisoned our heroes, that's false imprisonment because they're not a government agency, they, they have no authority to do that. They're just the bad guys. And they're, you know, extracting revenge and torturing people if they're an actual government and our heroes were arrested for fraud, that kind of changes it. So, you know, are we talking about an escape from false imprisonment or are we dealing with a prison break here for people who were actually arrested because there was a probable cause for their arrest? So, that gets weird fast because it would you know require accepting the pikes as a government, and you know uh, stephen you you 're nodding along what what 's your take on that yeah, uh, what, I mean, category, what category are, are we in
1: It seems like i mean if if there were if they had been lawfully in custody by the government if if it was in California, for example, obviously uh escaping that custody. Is a crime in itself, and um, California Penal Code eight three six point six is the one that makes it. Actually, it's just a misdemeanor, which kind of surprised me to, to break the custody of a um, or flee the custody of a police officer, or, or um, while in detention, unless you use violence, um, of course, and then it makes that elevates it to a felony. But um, but but then I, it seems to me that it's more like we're dealing with private people who are just imprisoning their enemies, which makes it more of a personal injury situation, like a false imprisonment. And of course, self-defense is, um, is a defense to, um, is, is appropriate for people to do if they, if they find themselves um, the victims of tortious conduct. So I would say that if I was representing um uh, Rafa Trace, and ahsoka that they all the actions they took to try to break free of this false imprisonment um, would be totally lawful um, of course, it has to be proportional they can't um, they can 't completely destroy the planet or or exact revenge for for being imprisoned, but they could certainly defend themselves and try to break free of their imprisonment
2: and well, an interesting twist here we have this uh sort of black and white concept of uh prison escape clearly being an offense a separately punishable offense here in america that's not the case everywhere and in fact a great example is mexico where it is not an offense to a a separately chargeable offense i should say to escape from prison uh in fact mexican law views uh The desire for liberty itself as a basic human right so the act of breaking out of prison absent you know killing somebody or or destroying property um which would be offenses that act of getting out and escaping is not separately chargeable and as a great example el chapo was not charged with breaking out of mexican prison and escaping um you know if if folks assist you and, and are complicit uh that's a crime uh but not every country views it that way germany's in that same boat
1: so interesting but like more power to you if you, if you can succeed like
2: have at it it's great oh. yeah well and with somebody like ahsoka it clearly didn't work out that way but there would be a way where they could get out of that prison uh without hurting anybody i mean it, look at Ray's escape on Starkiller Base uh, up to a certain point at least I mean she doesn't hurt anybody or uh, really break anything you just use a few Jedi mind tricks along the way and a little sneaking and you're out.
1: Shawshank Redemption that's just a yeah there you go yeah you didn't hurt anyone you just dug it out <laughs> crawled through the sewer
2: pull a poster over
1: your hole <laughs> yeah that's just a good to go yeah it's less than a year imprisonment It's
0: like, and uh, how often do you look at somebody's shoes? You know, so there's a little bit there as well. And, you know, maybe have the Jedi text, and that's where you keep your little hammer. So there's a... (laughs) You just got to climb through the sewer, which is going to be really uncomfortable. Well, so we we have the prison break, and then our heroes are going to deal with summary execution in the street. Now... Summary execution for either breach of contract or fraud is not okay. Any way you cut it. If it's just breach of contract, that's supposed to be handled in court. Granted, this is a crime, so courts aren't going to validate that. But uh, full-on having them on their knees and shooting them, yeah, that's that's not a civil society right there. That's
2: literal punitive damages. (laughs) It's it's just... (laughs) That's Most a lawyer extreme. and a dad joke rolled all in one. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's
0: like, this is this, we're going to do this in public so everyone knows we play for keeps and no one will ever mess with us again. That's why you have to die. Yeah. Uh, the other issue then is there's a lot of carjacking in this one. And... Uh, you know, Thomas, do you want to talk about the carjacking elements from this episode?
2: Yeah, I. you know, it's <laughs> exigent circumstances seem to be ever present in the Star Wars universe. Somebody always need, whether it's Anakin and Attack of the Clones or, uh, or Ahsoka and, and uh, uh, Rafa and Trace here in this episode. Somebody's always in need of a speeder or uh, something like that to get Uh, somewhere a starship and generally speaking um it's considered the felonious taking of a motor vehicle that's in possession of another uh or from their immediate uh, presence um against their will and with the intent to either permanently or temporarily deprive the person of that motor vehicle uh and it's it's got to be something that's accomplished by uh means of force or fear uh I think here it, it probably meets the technical definition, whether, um, under the circumstances, um, I don't know The the intent here is the one that troubles me. I, you know, they've got the intent technically to temporarily deprive these owners of, of the vehicles. Um, you know, maybe permanently, I don't know how you look at it, but, um, you know, realistically their life was in danger. I don't know if you, you can maybe nullify the jury a little bit uh, as a defense attorney uh, owing to their circumstances having been almost executed in the middle of the street. Uh, you know, I, I, I just shrug at the jury as the defense attorney be like, what is my client supposed to do? Hale an Uber there on Obadiah? <laughs> I, I would
0: also, I mean, I might need to look at, it again but they hop onto the speeder i don't recall them taking control of the. Speeder. that's true
2: yeah, yeah the driver they, remained in control
1: yeah they kind of just like grabbed onto it and then Rafa and trace like slid off and then <laughs> fell onto the street and then um and then the i think the pike officers shot out one of the engines and it kind of Crashed after that, so I don't know. And I guess the driver was probably in fear, but I don't know if they used that. They exploited that fear it's to true. gain control of the, of the vehicle. But
2: yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Skitching like Back to the Future style. You
0: know, yeah, about, exactly. It's about it's more Back to the Future as opposed to full-on carjacking. You know, I mean, it's not grand theft uh, land speeder. It's like hitching a ride, and
2: a short ride
0: ride because it really doesn't work um, and you know let's I just do want to mention the the poor guy on the elevator that you know the little lift who he's hanging off as he reaches the upper edge and clearly he got bisected uh that he, he he's dead now uh, <laughs> that, that that surprisingly
2: happened. clean death yeah. you heard him groan and that's about it
0: you didn't <laughs> You didn't see the lower, the upper half of him fall down on
2: top and it of that. dropped. <laughs> it so good speed. That <laughs> would have made Clone Wars like really real, all like in an instant.
1: Suddenly PG thirteen out of nowhere.
2: <laughs> Rock covered in
0: guts, <laughs> and that's just...
2: Like that moment in Rise of Skywalker where Kylo just throws the head of Bulio onto the conference room table on the Star Destroyer. <laughs> like what?
0: Well, that's horrifying. Okay. Just got real. <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares. <laughs> yeah,
1: they uh Yeah, he's
0: dead. <laughs> he's very dead. Uh unless we see him next episode with a bandaid around his midsection, but uh I
1: mean Darth Maul got bisected. Like that yeah, doesn't seem true. to be a death sentence in the but, Star Wars universe. You can, like, you can live <laughs> on hatred.
0: Can you it be Well, it's like shoulders. So like there, there aren't really any organs left at that point. <laughs> it's...
2: He can what? be like a Bomar monk with the, the spider creatures in Jabba's palace. Just a brain and a little you know, fish bowl and a spider body. yeah, the
0: Do the pikes value him enough to, you know, like here's your new jar that you get to live in? Like that's uh...
2: a... <laughs> they might gonna... give him the jar, just not the spider body. <laughs>
1: That seems like an upgrade.
0: <laughs> it, it's a it's fair workman's comp uh, claim right there. He was hurt on the job. They 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 don't want him to suffer. <sighs> well, I, I gotta say, uh, Thomas, you were right about the Mandalorians on how they come into this. So, you were right.
2: The somebody else pointed this out, but they noticed in the credits that Ursa Wren is credited uh that there's a an actress that that spoke a line uh because there's two two Mandalorians that exchange words there. One of them is almost certainly Bo Katan Krees. Um I th- I th- think the other speaking role was um uh, Sabine's mother Ursa so we know her uh fairly extensively from the latter seasons of Rebels so it'll be Interesting, last time we saw Bo-Katan was, uh, as she, in the Clone Wars at least, uh, was as she fled uh, from the uh, the central palace there on Mandalore as Darth Maul had executed pre-Vizsla and, and sort of taken over control of Death Watch and the Shadow Collective and sent them into hiding. So we'll see where it goes this week.
0: Yeah, the um, uh, Katie Sarkoff posted to, uh, I think it was Twitter, Uh, you know, the comment for Mandalore. So that's awesome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's really cool. Yes. I love, I love Katie Sackhoff. She's so great.
0: She's neat and uh, she is neat. So, well, any other observations about this episode that either of you would like to uh, opine on?
1: You know, it was such an action-focused um, uh, flee, fight the bad guys episode. There wasn't a ton of... There wasn't as much of a rich uh, opportunity to analyze contracts and other, other lawyerly things like that. We,
2: we covered a lot of ground, though. We went from combat yeah. claims all the way to carjacking. That's,
0: uh, that's We did pretty good. We, we did okay.
1: Yeah, it was a great episode
0: and looking forward to see where they go. Yeah,
2: yeah, the burner is getting turned up. I I cannot wait for the little clip. They'll release a preview clip. Usually it's on Wednesday on YouTube. And I I have a feeling this episode is going to really amp things up cuz we're getting to the home stretch.
1: Yeah, the, the first arc the bad bunch was um was four episodes, right? Mhm. Yeah, so our this this will be the next week's will be the fourth episode of this arc, right?
2: And that yeah, and I think that's going to dovetail us right into the four-episode arc that'll be the Siege of Mandalore. So it's all coming together.
0: Yes. Stay tuned. Well, gentlemen, wonderful chatting with you both uh, as we enjoy life sheltering in place, uh, you know, switching to the new normal of everyone working from home. And everyone, stay home. Don't go outside unless you need to go grocery shopping. Don't hoard toilet paper. Shop normally. It's okay. Supply chain's not broken. There's still plenty of produce. Shop normal. So with that, everyone be well if you're listening on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, please leave a review and we do have our Patreon which has some additional content and Hopefully, we'll see you guys at shows in the future. Until then, we'll keep pumping out content on our podcast channel. Be well, everyone.